Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Chris. Today we're jo- joined by a very special guest, someone I've worked with in the past and talked to a lot about a lot of football with, and you know I'm a big fan of his, Benjamin Solak of NDT Scouting. Ben, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing well, Elliot. Thanks for having me on, boss. I appreciate it. Of course, I got to have the guy who's the cheeriest person in all of Draft Twitter, right? Seven seven years in a row without a bad day. Yes, sir. Approaching eight in May, longest active streak this side of the Mississippi. There you go. So let's see if I don't like Kyle Laletta, if if we can break that streak. Oh, that's that, that's just hurtful, man. That's spiteful. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually I kind of like him. So. Let's let's talk about quarterbacks in general. Can you walk me through your process of evaluating them? Oh, certainly. Quarterbacking, you know, most volatile position uh, to evaluate. Obviously, a difficult situation because so much goes on between a quarterback's ears before the snap that it's very difficult to understand. And you know, maybe we get all twenty-two film instead of broadcast film, and that makes it a, a touch easier. But even then, there's so much of a decision-making process and, and and a game planning process that happens before the week that we can't understand. So it's tough to evaluate these guys. You're going to get a lot of different opinions. And, you know, unless you can sit down with them like some of the big names get to do and run them through a whiteboard, we're always, you know, just doing educated guesswork. That's that's the reality of evaluation with quarterbacks. You know, it's very, very clear when I watch quarterback. First thing I do want to do is check off to make sure that he has passable physical tools. Right. If you're going to be a quarterback, you do have to be able to throw the football. Number one, you know, and like that's where. You know, Kyle Lalletta doesn't have the strongest arm, but you watch a guy like a Luke Falk, you know, for example, and you say to yourself, okay, I mean, I, I'm not sold that he can just play the position flat out, you know, before we even get the decision-making processing, so on and so forth. I, you know, if you got a noodle arm in the NFL, you're not going to be able to cut the mustard. That's the reality. But once you pass the physical, you know, uh, benchmarks, kind of those, those lowest points that you can reach, my evaluation goes really quite quickly to the mental aspect of the game and to the decision-making of the game. As offenses get better as offensive schemes and designs improve as spread concepts become more and more important you know we have all these buzzwords you know uh, spreads and rpos west coast style air raid what it really comes down to is teams uh, in the high school level and the college level level are trying to find ways to run their offense without having elite arm talent at the quarterback position that's what you have to do you know, when, when you're playing at a high school level, you're playing at, at a D3, D2 level to JUCO level, you do not have elite quarterbacks. You do not have excellent arm talent. And so you need to find a way to generate consistent offensive movement without having those guys. And so what, what you see with offensive innovation is, is a, a, a desire to, number one, create space, create much bigger throwing windows. You don't need to have a guy who's super accurate. And then number two, regularly open up that first read. Make make the offense a one-read offense, a very simple offense, so that a guy doesn't have to make decisions, right? And so as, as NFL offenses, grow and become this way what you're seeing is is we don't need quarterbacks to make full field reads as much anymore we don't we don't need them to be able to throw into exceptionally tight windows as much anymore we simply don't and this is this is why philadelphia was able to plug in a guy like nick Foles and still run their offense because they took massive strides to make their offense not quarterback proof but easy to run for their quarterbacks and so i want to see a guy who's able to keep my offense on schedule i want to see a guy who protects the football gets it where it belongs in the scheme of the offense makes the correct read and then doesn't do stupid stuff when everything goes to seed obviously the best quarterbacks are able to you know save the play they're able to make those exceptional you know mind-blowing plays Aaron Rodgers Carson Wentz you know when things break down but still I want a guy who can keep my offense on track so I'm looking for a guy who makes good decisions protects the football gets the ball where it belongs everything on top of that mobility you know uh, pocket poise uh, how, how they respond to pressure these are important things that you look for and it helps you again when when the, when the play breaks down when that first read isn't open when the defense wins that rep that's where I start to look to those things and so we're talking number one you know primary I want him to check the physical boxes number two I need him to make good decisions protect the football get the football where it belongs and then number three how is he going to respond with things 
things break down. I want to see his poise, how he moves, and how he responds to pressure. I think those are all really good points. I, I think one thing you left out, but I think it's because it's really hard to evaluate his leadership in general, and you try to read up on guys and see what they really stand for. But I, I can't really knock anything you're doing. I agree with most of your thought process there. I know you were at the Senior Bowl with NDT scouting this year. How much of a role does that play in your evaluation, especially with a guy like Kyle Laletta who went to Richmond and, you know, played D1AA football? Things like the Senior Bowl, the Combine Pro Days, we we come into them saying we want – we want them to answer questions. You don't come into them saying whoever does well at the Senior Bowl is better than whoever does poorly at the Senior Bowl. Every player comes in with their unique questions. And for me, when I wrote up Kyle Lauletta before the Senior Bowl, first sentence of my write-up says, Lauletta walks in a mobile with the most to gain out of all the quarterbacks, right? He had so much to prove, and he had so many strides that he could take. And so the Senior Bowl was very important for him. You know, because I don't get to sit down with these guys, you know, and evaluate Baker Mayfield's, you know, character or whatever. To me, Lauletta, uh, he was the quarterback. The senior bowl was the biggest for him. You know, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, these big names. So Lauletta was the biggest for him because if he could prove what he needed to prove, then he was going to shoot up boards. And that's what happened for me. So coming into the senior bowl, number one, I needed to make sure that he, again, physical boxes, he checked the boxes uh, on measurement day because Lauletta was listed as a 6'3", 216 sort of a guy, which that's fine. You know, that's a fine size. But watching him on tape, he had a, he had a high higher incidence of balls batted at the line of scrimmage than you like to see. And he looked a little skinny. And so I wanted to make sure that he wasn't too short and he wasn't too slight. You know, he came in at 602 and a half, 217. So that's just fine. You know what I mean? He's, that's an NFL frame. So we checked box number one. But then once we got into the field, I needed to see a guy who, who could throw with NFL velocity. Kyle Laletta does not have the strongest arm. There's no other way to put it. But, but a velocity is only valuable in so that you get the ball where it belongs on time and it doesn't get picked off because it doesn't die in the air, right? Laletta has enough velocity to pair with his mental processing, to pair with his release speed, that he consistently gets the ball into tight windows on time where it belongs, right? And so he might not have amazing velocity, but he has enough velocity. He regularly showed the ability to throw with zip into tight windows in Mobile when put up against other FBS quarterbacks. That was very important for me to see. And then I also did have noted down, how how did he, how did he work with FBS guys in a leadership perspective? Was he a little bit starstruck? Was he afraid to speak? Or did he feel comfortable taking command? over the huddle and from what i saw he was very comfortable captaining the offenses so he everything i wanted to see from him in mobile he did and i had a lot of questions coming in he really impressed me leaving out i think that's an awesome summary of what ha- what his week was like i mean i know i talked to a few people down there and said that if there's one guy that checked the leadership boxes it was kyle Oletta, which is huge because like you said he's stepping up from that d1 double a where he's kind of the man to you know all these guys are much bigger deals than he was coming into that and if he could take command i think that's that speaks a lot and you mentioned his uh velocity i agree with you in terms of it's not great like his arm strength isn't terrific and we'll talk about that more when we get to weaknesses but his release is terrific and i think it makes up for a lot of it and it leads to his short to intermediate accuracy which i think is is very very good so kind of to get into that strength point you you just mentioned uh, a few of them i think accuracy is the number one thing that pops out to me i think that when it comes to short to intermediate throws when it comes to leading a guy on a slant when it comes to throwing over the middle i i think that's where he really excels i i would love for him to get a good tight end and a good slot receiver in the nfl i think he can make a lot of those throws I thought he threw one of the best back shoulder balls in terms of any prospect in this draft. I think he throws as good of a back shoulder ball about 10 to 20 yards down the field as any of them. I thought his footwork was pretty clean in the pocket. I thought he threw the ball really well on the run. I thought his mental decision making was like really good for 25 plays. And then he'd have like five plays or three to four plays of lapses. And then another really good 25 plays. 
Uh, what, what do you think about that? Certainly. So a lot of the work that I do with quarterbacks and, I, and I'm charting quarterbacks, you know, I have a big project at NDC scouting contextualized quarterbacking where all this data is brought in from these quarterbacks and understood in its different contexts. You know, I want to see how their accuracy, how their ball placement is affected when they're inside or outside of the pocket, uh, when they're on the move, when they're on a clean platform, when they're pressured, when they're throwing it at tight windows, all these different things. And Kyle Lauletta is in the top quartile as far as ball placement goes for every context that I have. We're talking about him and Baker Mayfield place the ball and Josh Rosen, who th- his data was not in the original release because the original release was for the senior bowl. But we're talking about Kyle Lauletta is up there with every quarterback in this class as far as ball placement. And when I talk about ball placement, it's deeper than accuracy for me. Accuracy is a catchable football. That's a quarterback's first job. Get the ball somewhere it can be caught, right? But ball placement cares about where the defender is. Ball placement cares about how you're going to maximize the, the yak the receiver can pick up. Ball placement cares about are you protecting your, your wide receiver from being hit unnecessarily. The, the ball goes where Lauletta wants it to go, whether he's on the move, whether he's pressured, whether he's throwing into a tight window. He understands where to place the ball most advantageously, and then he gets it there. And like you said, it's a combination of a couple of things. He, he has enough velocity, but it's not the fact that he's just muscling it in there. He's not just you know instantaneously getting the ball where it belongs. He, he's anticipating throwing windows very well. Excellent vision. You said making good decisions. Excellent field vision, understanding his root concepts and where they break. And then finally, that quick release. And that's, you know, you hear Jimmy Garoppolo comps for him sometimes. And, and I can kind of get that when it comes to the release in the sense that pure motion, industrious motion we're not talking about any wasted movements right all economy of motion keeping his velocity where it belongs a lot of snappiness through the hips a lot of snappiness through the shoulders right so we're always generating velocity from the lower half through the core that's what puts the velocity on the ball when you don't have that strong of an arm and that's how Lalletta is able to generate his speed but that process is very clean it's very crisp and he can adjust it when he's affected by pressure when he's on the move and he's scrambling he can still generate that velocity because he's got such nice loose looseness through his frame all right so that's how Laletta is able to really distribute the ball as well as he does. I, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is a guy who accuracy is his biggest trait. He'll place the ball where it needs to be. And that's why as, a, as an NFL team, you get excited about him because this is a guy that if you have a good offense, he can he can run it, right? And so even if you're not drafting him to be a, your top quarterback, even if you're bringing him in to be a long-term backup for you, this is a guy you can plug and play and run an NFL offense through him tomorrow because he can get the ball where it needs to be with shocking consistency. I mean, at the end of the day, that's exactly what you're looking for as a backup quarterback, right? Someone that's going to step in and be accurate and not have the whole offense fall apart and allow the guys on his team that are the good players, the star players, to carry them. You know, that's what Nick Foles did a lot of. Obviously, he stepped up in the Super Bowl and NFC Championship and played really good football. But, you know, a lot of it was just let's get our playmakers the ball. And Kyle Aletta can absolutely do that. You talked about a couple things, and I thought these were not necessarily strengths, and he was pretty inconsistent with it. I thought his deep ball, at times he threw a really pretty deep ball. At other times, I thought he tried to make up for the lack of velocity in his arm and would overthrow the ball and then lead the to deep balls being overthrown by 10 plus yards and then I thought under pressure he was inconsistent as well sometimes he was really good other times he would drop his eyes other times he would kind of get uncomfortable when his first or second read wasn't there and kind of drop his eyes or move around in the pocket and escape the pocket leaving a clean pocket and then the other thing I thought he did sometimes too was he needs to improve his mental clock in the pocket 
where there were a couple plays where he had four or five seconds and he just stood there like no one, no one's business, like no one's coming to get him. And then he took a major hit. And then I guess the last thing is I want him to throw the ball away more. You know, we talked about his athleticism. <clears throat> he's certainly athletic. You can see him make plays on RPOs or uh, design QB keeps or even when he scrambles outside the pocket, he can make a couple guys miss. He is willing to take linebackers on, which he won't do at the NFL. I, I have no worries about that but when he rolls out oftentimes he doesn't like to give up on a play and will try to like stiff arm a defender there's one play i think it's against uh james madison or villanova where he actually has that josh allen like moment where he has a defender on him and kind of throws him off showing strength and throws the ball away like that's terrific that he ended up getting the ball away but he needs to throw the ball away first are those fair criticisms and what are the weaknesses that you see in his game no 100 percent. and i think one of the things that you said that i immediately felt was the the dropping of the eyes you know he's absolutely going to be a guy where he's going to look for his first read he's going to try to work through his progression and if it's not there he's going to drop escape and then maybe come look up and reset or just run with it because he can move with the football. I will say his greatest weakness comes after his first read, right? Where we say he's a good decision maker and everything, because remember first read, isn't just the first guy you want to throw the ball to the first guys. The the first read is the first scan you make. The first read is the, is the set of progressions you go through the initial decision that you make. Once he's got to freelance a little bit, uh, I think that, yeah, his decision-making gets spotty. And that's where we get into situations where he doesn't get rid of the football when he should just throw it away. You know, he's trying to t- uh, take on, you know, defenders that he shouldn't be taking on. That's where we get into situations where he's dropping his eyes and he panics a little bit. So I will say one of the biggest issues is, yes, his poise and and, and his ability to kind of create on the fly. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily going to be a strength of his game. I will say when it comes to that, lallette has been a guy five years at Richmond, four different offensive coordinators, four different schemes, right? And so it'd be really interesting interesting and fun to see if he had a couple of years of comfort in an offense, would he improve beyond his first read, right? Because when, when you first learn an offense, you, you're much more comfortable in the first, the primary read of each sort of a play. When you've been in it for a couple of years, you reach the point where, okay, now I know how to better move through the progressions, get to my second read, get to my third read. And then also you talk about what sort of playmakers does he have that can help him out beyond his first read. Richmond did not have great <laughs> recruits, right? It's Richmond. That's kind of the reality. And so, you know, these are uh, things to understand. They're not excuses. He certainly needs to improve in the poise, decision-making when his first read has been taken away. But these help us understand maybe why he tries to do a little bit too much, maybe why he tries to panic. You're in an offense you don't understand too well. It's very first read oriented. His his, uh, market share of attempts beyond his first read was very, very low compared to a lot of other quarterbacks in this class. He simply wasn't forced to move on from it as often right? Because he was able to get the ball to his first read with great accuracy so consistently. So once he's moving away from his first read, he's in an uncomfortable area for sure. That 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 velocity on the ball is still certainly a weakness. You do have to worry about that. Absolutely. You know, he's not going to be a guy who pushes it deep. And, and, and I agree with you. He can throw an accurate ball deep. I just don't think he's comfortable. I don't think he likes to push the ball deep. I don't think he likes to take risks in that way. I think it's a lot more of a mental block than it is physically. He's a guy who can reach 45, 50 yards down the field easy like pretty easily that's not a great distance that's not an insane distance but that's enough you know you're not attempting more than two passes a game beyond 40 45 yards down the field right but then he can still get it there with consistency i think it's more of a mental decision he doesn't like to push the ball deep he'd much rather nickel and dime you up the field that sort of proclivity is what actually leads to my comp and i know that's something you're interested in elliot so i'll just drop it here i like him as a low-end alex smith He's a guy who can reach the end of the, 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 the deep parts of the field. He just doesn't really like to. It's not the, his style of play. And if you're going to keep him there as a quarterback, you have to understand that. I like the Alex Smith comp 
because of the mobility. Lauletta probably isn't as good of a mover as Smith is, but they both can extend plays with their legs and are comfortable throwing on the run. They distribute the ball very well. They protect it very well, and they have middling NFL arms. Smith's obviously going to give you a little bit of a higher ceiling from what we've seen. He was a first-round selection, but when it comes to play style, I think that Smith is a great way to understand how Lauletta works. I don't know if I should get my comp first or have a, respond to all the stuff you said. I actually really like the Alex Smith comp, so when I watched him, the guy he reminded me was actually just let go by the Redskins or will be uh, for Alex Smith with Kirk Cousins in terms of Kirk Cousins as a prospect. I thought, you know, he went in the fourth round. I think Lauletta is going to go um, midday two, probably. Day, I would guess round three. I think he, what you, all your points are really fair with him. And I think a lot of that was similar with Kirk Cousins coming out of Michigan State. Kirk Cousins may have been a little bit better going through his progressions, but I think a lot of the, the skill set is there. And obviously we've seen what Smith and Cousins can do when you surround them with talent and you allow them to be in the same offensive system and kind of really grow with these playmakers. And we've seen that become, you know, a very successful NFL starter. Kirk Cousins is about to get the more most money in NFL history this offseason. So obviously his ceiling is there. And I think his floor is also a very competent backup that can come in and win a bunch of games. And one point you made, which I think is excellent about Richmond and talking about their playmakers and how, you know, a lot of these guys aren't getting open. I think it led to why one of the reasons that teams are going to really like him is that he showed that he can make all these tight win window throws because he had to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These guys aren't yeah. getting crazy separation and he had to put the ball in certain spots. And like we, we talk a, a lot when we evaluate receivers about the type of separation they get, right? Are they getting two to three yards on a defender? Are they getting positioning? You know, are they creating back shoulder sideline throws? Like all that stuff. And the NFL is a ton of that, those tight window throws. And the fact that he's so comfortable at this point, you don't see a lot of guys do that. I mean, you mentioned his numbers versus like a Baker Mayfield, or we, we talk Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson. Or it, By the way, it's pretty funny that he's the same exact size as Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson was just called too small to play in the NFL. But that's, yeah, it that's, is, it is. that's another topic for another time. But a lot of these guys had much better playmakers for them. And, you know, they, they, they got to throw to more open windows and, and all that stuff. And that, I think, is going to help Laletta transition easier because those giant windows aren't necessarily going to be there in the NFL. So I really like your Alex Smith comp. I think Kirk Cousins, I mean, at the end of the day, we were just all of Twitter when uh, the Chiefs traded for or traded Alex Smith was talking about how similar those players are. And Kirk Cousins might be a slightly better version of Alex Smith. So I think it's funny how similar we ended up uh, watching them and in terms of our player comps. Do you have a place you would like to see him go? Yeah, so you hear so many uh, talks about, oh, Laletta's that next guy is going to go to the Patriots, which drives me nuts because it's as if the Patriots want a quarterback who's, you know, great at distributing the football to playmakers, throws really accurate, makes good decisions, and the other 31 teams, like, nah, we don't want that guy, right? Like, why is he a Patriots guy? Well, it's because, you know, Brady, Garoppolo, this Earhart Perkins system, it's just, you know, quick diagnose find the space, get the ball to the playmaker, nickel and dime you up the field. And so, yeah, the Patriots comp does make sense. I think any sort of offense, and this goes back to the weakness that we were discussing, where you are predicated on getting the ball quickly out of Lauletta's hands, out of your quarterback's hands, you want him to distribute the ball to playmakers, is where Lauletta's going to shine, right? And so you talk about a place, obviously Kansas City just brought in Patrick Mahomes, but that's the sort of system that would work for it. I think if you look at talking about QB needy teams, Arizona has undergone a big offensive coordinator shift. Obviously, they ran a lot more of an Eric Coriel sort of system under Bruce Arians. Now Mike McCoy comes in. McCoy's done some different things over his career, but Mike McCoy has been successful working a quick release style of offense with Phillip Rivers and even a little bit with Trevor Simeon up in Denver before things hit the fan. And, you know, he was able to get production out of Simeon. Simeon is a guy who makes good decisions, gets the ball quickly out of his hands. And so as far as QB needy teams go, 
I think Arizona could be the place. You could also convince me that Denver could potentially pull it off, be a little bit interested. We don't know what the Jets are going to run. If they're still running their air raid sort of stuff that they ran under Morton, then I think you move on from there. And then the last place is I think if the Giants are not going to draft the QB at two, which is something that has been rumored, then I think that Pat Shermer could really do well with a guy like, like Lauletta. I think Lauletta is a nice guy to have behind an Eli Manning to bring competition in for Davis Webb. I think that Lauletta could eventually be a starter in New York if they run a similar system with those playmakers very easily. So, you know, if we're talking ideal fits, Patriots, Chiefs, these are the sort of offenses he'd worked in very well. But more realistically, QB needy teams who could target him, give me the Cardinals, give me the Giants as the two big ones. So I think mine is twofold. One is I want to give you a shout out on an awesome piece you worked. So so I think this fits that. And two is I think this would be really good if they kept one of their current quarterbacks. So I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings to go uh, work with Filippo, And, you know, I like it. do a lot of the stuff the Eagles just did. And you talked about getting people on the move and all that stuff. He would, he'd go in with very good weapons. I talked about a guy that could work in the slot, whether it's Thielen or Diggs or Wright, whoever it is, they're, they're successful slot receivers. I mean, obviously Diggs and Thielen are much better than Wright. With Rudolph, I talked about a tight end. And then I thought he, I think he'd be a very good compliment with Teddy Bridgewater, right? If you, if you decide to bring back Bridgewater and you, you need mm-hmm. someone that you're going to feel comfortable that if he needs to step in and Bridgewater's knee's not right, that's him. Uh, if Bridgewater is successful, you he's the perfect quarterback to groom. And like you talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he might be, have a trade value three years from now if he plays five, six games and shows all these strengths and uh, tools we're talking about. So that's where I'd, I think I'd ultimately like to see him if they bring back Teddy Bridgewater. No, I like both of those as well. Those are smart ones. Awesome. So, Ben, listen, I'm a huge fan of yours. All the people will be a huge fan of yours as soon as Man. they listen to this podcast. Please tell the people where they can find you. I, no, thank you so much for having me on, Elliot. This is an awesome pod that you do. It's a great resource, so thank you kindly. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. Solak is S-O-L-A-K. Uh, my main draft grind is with NDT Scouting, which we're very excited about all the work that we're doing there. And you know, I, I do a lot of quarterback work for them, and I have a big project, the Contextualized Quarterbacking Project, which you can check out. The Senior Bowl quarterbacks was already released, and the entire release is looking to be the end of March, and so you can always keep an eye out for that. Beyond that, I do do Eagle stuff with Bleeding Green Nation. I write there, and then I, I host a podcast on BleedGN Radio as well. So if you're a big fan of the Eagles or just a big fan of Super Bowl champions in general, Elliot, then you can uh, you can come check me out over there. As a Jets fan, I'm not sure I am a big fan of Super Bowl champions, considering the fact yeah, it's been they, a while. I get to, yeah. Not only do the Jets not win, but I have to watch the Giants win Super Bowls and the Patriots win Super Bowls, and then I go to school in Philadelphia, and all my friends are Eagles fans. They won't stop giving me crap about it. So those are the only teams I see win Super Bowls. So no, I'm not a big fan of Super Bowl winning teams. But uh, nope, not at all. <laughs> Congratulations again on that. That must be awesome. Guys, he's Ben Solak. I'm Elliot Chris. You're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Draft Daily Pod. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank you. I'm dedicated to definition of dedication. Wrote this whole record while I was levitating. Sitting in my room with the pen and paper. I'm innovative. They've been afraid of me since I was a second grader. I'm the kid on the playground. Mama told you to never play. But there's levels of music and I'm in the elevator. Going up to the top floor. Look how we elevated. But you don't know the brand by now. You better get educated. Take both of my arms. Rip them out of socket to separate them. Forgive me. Yeah, I know I get animated. Don't matter. I still write a better record than yours without a hesitation. Never been more motivated. Just look at all the minds I have opened and penetrated.